This particular episode of Fear the Boot contains some story content that some people may find offensive or disturbing. Personal discretion is advised both for yourself and also for deciding whether to play this in the presence of young people or in sensitive environments such as at work. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Brodor. This is Stu. This is Stork. All right, so we've got joining us today Stu and Stork from Happy Jack's podcast out there in wonderful California. Where exactly in California are you guys? Pasadena, home of the letter P. No, the Rose Parade. Oh, the Rose Bowl. And Rose Bud. And Rose Bud. Don't Google images Rosebud. Yeah, Don't do for, it. Yeah, for now it's not clear <laughs> Rosebud is. You know the behind that, right? I know that Rosebud is currently like Urban Dictionary slang for prolapsed anus, if that's what you're asking. Well, and, and that's actually <laughs> what Hurst called his mistresses. What did you call it? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's not just urban slang. That's where it came from. And somehow Orson Welles found out and made that. Oh, my God. Is that sled. That's the most amazing story. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm actually taking off my headphones. My life That's is over. I spent like a, a considerable fortune trying to get that movie off and out because it was a big band lamp. But you go look it up on the Wikipedias. They don't lie. Sure. <laughs> so, it was that movie was seriously all about the punchline is somebody's prolapsed anus. It was about Randolph Hearst and Orson Welles, and he did not get along. And that's what the movie's about. Yeah. <laughs> my gosh. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. There so any, anyways, Happy Jack's RBG podcast. I'll put a link to their show in the show notes and also on their most recent episode. We guessed it over there. It's not me and Broder. It's actually me and Wayne, but we brought some boot goodness over there. So be sure to check out that episode of their show. And if you like what you hear, stick around and check out their other stuff. It's a good show. Good people. We've known them for years. Ever since DLI stopped mowing my lawn, doing my laundry, and somebody had to step in. That's right. Yeah. Do we have to mow your lawn again? Oh, uh, not yet, no. It's not quite growing season yet. Dude, one of your neighbors, no shit. The greenest lawn on your street. Yeah. Right? That old dude was sweeping up his grass clippings. I'm like, are you serious? It's the 22nd of March, and your grass is that and green, and you've sp- already mowed it. And it snowed this morning. Uh, I was blown away. I'm like, old dudes are amazing. No, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, like, do they not have hobbies? No, this guy doesn't. He actually spends most of his time menacing his immediate neighbors. So not us, but like the people directly to his I guess, uh, left and right. Yeah, he's that guy. I guess I yes. should have guessed. And there's been some tension there that I, I'm not sure I can go into on the air. But listen, when I get to that age, I want to be able to menace neighbors, too. I'm yeah. looking forward to the time when I can yell at kids on my lawn. You know, I'm looking forward to a time when that's the biggest problem in my life. <laughs> when whether somebody put out their trash can on a day that's not trash pickup day, it like registers. It like I even noticed this happened, much less care enough to call the police, which he did, incidentally. Wow. So it, not on us. Once again, I'm I'm peripherally aware of these events. 
See, I just want to I just want to stand out in my driveway in my tidy whities that are as yellow as my teeth with my fresh boner from snorting my ground up Viagra and just, just leer at my neighbors. Yeah, testify, brother. I want and I'm going to pretend to have Tourette's just so I can swear at their kids and have an out. All right. So, this so, is a bonus episode. This is right? a bonus episode. <laughs> Some people on the forums requested that we do another bedtime story episode. So I was thinking about what do we talk about? And I realized that between us, all right, so we've got multiple decades of podcasting experience. We have someone who for over a decade worked within the gaming retail industry and then managed that whole chain. And survived. And survived. We've got people that do all kinds of rent fairs and such. One of my personal hobbies is whenever I meet somebody who has a job where they're exposed to a lot of stuff, cops, nurses, psych techs, I love asking this question. I know you see a lot of weird crap out there. What's your top there? I mean, what are just the strangest things you have seen in all of your days of dealing with crazy? And then it hits me. You know, we do enough stuff behind the scenes in our respective roles, right? Okay, so I've seen the inside of the gaming hobby. You've seen the inside of a gaming store. Stu and Stork have not only seen the inside of a gaming podcast, but also do their rent fair stuff. I know we have some stories, and so that's what I want to talk about. Get snuggled in tight in bed, pull up the blankets around you, Turn the lights down low, and not just because you're thinking about my voice and what Rosebud actually means. <laughs> oh, you, will, baby. you will never look at a sled the same way again. It's true. But because we are going to tell you Fear the Boot and Happy Jack's bedtime stories. And by the way, who is Jack and why is he happy? There is no Jack. I should come up with a stupid story about that. really should. I, you should just like, like, I just thought it was like some sort of weird masturbation euphemism. Like, I'm happy to Jack. <laughs> Sure. Okay. Yeah. I say that because that's how, that's what fear the boot was, and 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 that that also brings new meaning. <laughs> it also brings new meaning to your convention, Jackercon. Right. It does. Jackercon. They just... themselves. Okay. We have no. They they are such fans. That was their choice. Uh... The Happy Jacks started out as a. It, it, well, I, I wrote a song a long time ago that's kind of popular in Renaissance Fair circles called Happy Jack's Undrinkable Ale. And I started a web page. It, it was reasonably popular in, the, in that circle. So I started a web page at happyjacks.org. And I used it as a, a homebrewing resources site at one point. At one point, it was Happy Jack's GURPS resources. And then uh, uh, Happy Jack's Infantile Comedy no, that was Angry Folk. That's oh, a different thing. That's the other brand. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and then I used it for nothing for know, like six years. And then when we started the podcast, I'm like, oh, I've got this URL lying around. Let's just use this. And it's literally what happened. You're actually missing the actual <laughs> actual beginning of Happy Jacks, which is Stu is an amateur brewer and created an absolutely undrinkable ale. And and it was awful. And do not call it Happy Jacks. You put it was like the first batch you'd, of anything you'd ever made. I called it Happy Jacks Undrinkable Ale, and it was. I don't. I, have either of you ever homebrewed? No, no, no. Okay. My one of my closest friends in the world does. Yes. Well, I, I started out with extract brewing, which is the, you you buy this like malt syrup, mm-hmm. 
rather than going through the mashing process and all that. And I, I, I had just converted over to the all grain brewing where you like grind up the grain and mash it and do all that stuff, which is makes a much better product. But I had a sort of, I don't know, a few assorted cans of malt extract and I had some like little baggies of sugar you had stuff lying around, didn't you? And I literally <laughs> threw it all in one batch of beer. I had champagne yeast and it was like, like an extra dark, like for a stout malt. And then I had another can of malt that was something else and I had like these little baggies of sugar that you use. I swear, officer, it was sugar that you use to prime the when you're, you know, it's called priming sugar. You, right. You, you mix it in after it's done fermenting, then you bottle it, and it gives the, it gives the yeast a little bit of food to eat to carbonize the beer. Right. Right, but you're supposed to use it for priming, not actually. You were thinking, <clears throat> oh, it's just a little bit, but it's like supercharged sugar. Well, it is. It's, it's dextrose, or I don't, I don't remember what it is. But I threw like four or five of those things in there, and it made this. It was very strong. It was very, very powerful. And I put it in 22-ounce bottles and forgot about it because I knew it wasn't going to be good. Right. And then I found it one day under the cupboard. This is back when Bill and I were roommates. And I pulled the bottles out and I opened one up and I drank it. And I got hammered off of one 22-ounce bottle (laughs) of this stuff. It tasted awful. Oh, yeah. But halfway through the bottle, I didn't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so right. while you were talking, I drew a little graph of kind of the course of your experience with Happy Jacks. So you started off with an undrinkable ale. From there, you went on a downward spiral and ended up with GURPS. <laughs> you improved fair, from GURPS started first, but you improved from GURPS and went on an upward trend to six years of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and now finally you have a good podcast. So see, you're you're just on the up and up. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. So if we have to give you some kind of like Johnny Cash or you know, whatever stereotypical musician type story where there's like a big crash now that you're at your peak. If you guys want to switch over and become a Riffs podcast or something like that for just like a year or two, and then we'll have a big intervention and I'll have like somebody, you know, chase Kevin Symbiette off your driveway with a shotgun at that at that moment where we're finally breaking you. And then you kind of turn it around, you know, and find your peace at the end, obviously, before you retire and die. Sure. But I'm just telling you, if you want to if you want to follow that course, we can do it because you started off with the early encouragement of drunk. Really floundered with GURPS, moved on to nothing. There was your big break, and then you got the podcast. You know that that's right. So I I think we've got a story here. It's not gonna quite have the rosebud punch, but I think we've got a story here. All right, so- I have a movie called Rosebud Punch. <laughs> it's about a, it's about a beverage, not an actual martial assault. <laughs> See, and I was still going to have a punk band called Rosebud Punch. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. <laughs> okay, so who wants to go first with their story? Well, I think the Renfair oh. guys have to go because there has to be a really, really like disproportionately high rate of STD in the Renfair community. Oh, well, I thought it was supposed to be gaming related. That's not gaming related at all. Yeah, but Renfair stuff. I mean, gamers love Renfairs, right? And STDs. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if many gamers know what an STD is. 
They have Wikipedia. Wikipedia doesn't lie. That's true. There's a difference between knowing what something is and never be in danger of getting something. Yes. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay. So why do gamers poop themselves? I mean, at conventions, in in the game store. Why would gamers, why do they themselves you i mean it's i'm a perfectly good game store i've got a bathroom you can get up from the table from whatever game you're playing Brodart, there's a story here it's not one story it's this bizarre amalgamation okay. of a variety just, of experiences pick one. pick one all right so one day i'm working at our you know my office was at our main location this is back before i rage quit after 13 years of being with a company and this employee who we had who was i mean i got a thing for redheads anyway but this chick was like banging hot, like really, like I was really, really into her and she had a twin sister and it, it ruined evenings for me. Her twin sister was also redheaded. Were they like identical? Y- yes. Okay. Can you tell the story slowly? Yeah. So they were both very much in my wheelhouse. They were a little taller than me. One day she calls me out of my office and she says, Hey Mike, what is this? And she points up now I'm only what five foot eight, right? So she's taller than me. She points up at the wall and there is this nougat of thing and it's a dark nougat and it's on the wall and it's above her head, right? She points up to it. So I pull out my pocket knife and I pull it off the wall and I bring it right to my schnoz and I take a big sniff and I look at this totally hot chick. I mean, she's curvaceous and freckled and like everything perfect to me about a woman. I sniff it real big. I look right in her beautiful brown eyes and I say, that's poop. (laughs) Some this is in a public area. Well, this is in a back hallway. So when you would leave, so the store was basically split into two sections, right? It was, it was 7,500 square feet, right? So approximately 2,500 square feet of it was retail space. 2,500 feet of it was game room space. And then the back of the building was a, as a hallway that led back to the bathroom and the drinking fountain, my office area, and then our warehouse space. Uh, So this was was nowhere near where this, it was 30 feet away, right from the bathroom door. My some savage took from, I don't know the toilet, their butthole. I'm not certain. They took their feces and they wiped it on my goddamn wall. I was enraged. Did you have chimpanzees in the <laughs> store earlier no, or something? No, no, just gamers. No. Just gamers. <laughs> just who, I mean, honestly, we're way worse with our. Sh- we may not throw at each other, but we can't get it in a toilet. And that's something I can tell you about f- gamers, right? <laughs> my bathroom had a toilet, a sink, and a drain in the floor. You know where piss didn't get? One of those three places. <laughs> not even the sink? <laughs> not the sink. The drain, And I've pissed at a sink, right? Not the sink, not the drain, not the toilet. Pi- oh, my God. I've had, pee- I've had to clean sh- out of a trash can. Yeah, in the bathroom. In the bathroom. There's a toilet right there where you're supposed to go, like where you're taught from a child. That's where your goes, right? I just want to hope it's some unfortunate accident. I really don't want to think that they're doing this on purpose. No, this is deliberate. I must believe it's deliberate. They're like marking their territory, do you think? So, I don't know. But, I mean, gamers will just themselves at the table they'll be playing they'll be in a magic tournament they don't want to leave for the round so instead of getting up and go to the bathroom i'm just gonna myself all right unless this- you're driving cross <laughs> wait, wait. country to chase down your astronaut lover that's not acceptable <laughs> <laughs> well and that chick was wearing a diaper like well, she had the proper disposal device 
That's true. She at least had some yeah. amount of planning there, right? <laughs> but so, okay. gamers so, themselves, and that actually happened. That's I, not... we've had we've had people shake duty out of the bottom of their pant leg. Oh, <laughs> my, God. oh my God! God. <laughs> Just walk into the store, stop for a minute, shake a little turd out of the bottom of their pants. You're validating <laughs> this. This actually happened. Yes. Okay. I, see, we try so hard to shake these. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's, that was the wrong verb. That, that's right. so hard to like not perpetuate these myths, and yeah, uh, but they do myths. actually happen. That's the problem is they're not myths, and then people wonder why there's this thing called con crud. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> how much you sleep and how much you hydrate—that's figuring into your health. But the fact that you've got people around you taking dumps in their pants and not washing their oh. hands, and and <laughs> this is how disease happens. <laughs> This is Don't where worry. it comes okay, from. I'm writing my next movie. It's going to be con outbreak. It's going to be great. It's like outbreak monkeys. They're all yes. con visitors. It, you could have like pandemic except it's at a con. Yes. And yeah, you could have like all the different diseases from five day old Cheeto crumbs that have who knows what to your weird super yeast. I guarantee where you like, next will buy this. It writes itself. Where you like pop the beer bottle and alcoholic bread pours out. <laughs> To <laughs> wall poop. I mean, we have all we have the diseases. They're all lined out, right? We just have to run with it. Ugh. I'm on Morton's are a giant petri dish. Well, those people are fucking right. Like people are getting laid at cons and their oh, own yeah. feces. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I broke Dan. <laughs> Larpers, maybe. Well, maybe, probably. They're the only. Oh, absolutely. I know my wife's like, have fun at the con. You want to come? Nope. So, no, I'm not getting laid. <laughs> the, the conventions we go to out here, we probably started going, what, five years ago, six years ago now? I think it's been a bit longer, but the, okay. the time doesn't, it's not relevant. I've only smelled two people that smelled like <laughs> in the <Okay>. entire time. <laughs> oh, okay, I mean, I, I know I have walked by, I've been in rooms that smelled like I'm I can't counting those instances. that one person, but uh, I'm counting those instances uh, there's where, like, I, where I, I walked by. I'm not talking about someone cutting one. No, I'm not, that's, not, that's not what I mean. I mean, actual like, I think someone like had an act in their pants. Yeah, that right. was such Only a gentle little toot noise. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're if you're gonna go that if you're gonna go that gentle, do you have Kimmy's sneeze handy? Uh, I can get it here in a second. Kimmy's not even here. Yeah. She's like, really? You ready? <laughs> <laughs> so tiny and yeah and there's a so tiny, tiny bit of one of my i have this burp i do sometimes because i have a bad stomach was that you or me that's me okay i, I have the entire clip with the burp in front of it if you want to hear that <laughs> no. can, if you have any canadian listeners you'll get complaints though because canadians don't like hearing burps in podcasts <laughs> what? apparently i've had complaints <laughs> and they all happen to have a .ca email. <laughs> so you have the gamer story, right? And that's actually happened legitimately. On a variety of different true themselves scenario. Yes. Well, that's one of Stu's stories. I have. It's not completely ungaming related, except for the fact that the guy co-GM'd a GURPS cyberpunk game with me. That's now, a, he did have a name. I can't give you his actual name. No. We called him Stinky. This is back when I when I had a roommate, and this guy came down, and he was going to stay with us for a couple of days or a week or two until he had an apartment ready because he already had a job lined up. He gets down, and he gets sick and gets pneumonia, and he's not able to take the job, or the, he loses the job. 
so he's sleeping on our couch, and it has been, oh, by this point, two months he's been sleeping on our couch. This is in a two-bedroom apartment. It's like a little split-level deal. He finally got a job as a driving instructor. He's driving around with some, I don't know, how old are you when you take driving lessons? 15? Right? You want to describe the physicality of was, this guy to begin with? He was a large man. Let me say large. His <laughs> circumference was greater than his height. Ah, right. <laughs> Almost. See, that's important. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that scene in Silence of the Lambs where Wild Bill looks at Jodie Foster's character. Was she a great big fat person? Uh, yes, sir. She, she was a big girl. <laughs> this guy's sort of built like an ellipsis. He's, he's actually wider than he is tall. He is egg-shaped. Okay. He is egg-shaped. An egg lying on its side. <laughs> no, no. So, so not an egg during like one of the equinoxes or whatever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so the, the one thing that we had noticed about him, and the reason he got the nickname Stinky, is because... At the time, I was working nights, and my roommate was working days. After about a month, we would sit down on the couch and, do you smell that? Is that you? No. Oh, it's the couch. And we realize <laughs> it reeks. And then... It's the couch he's been sleeping in. The, on, on, yeah. Yeah. And then, ah, like, the next day or so, one of us kind of gets close enough to him to, to get a whiff and realizes it's him... <laughs> And then my roommate and I compare notes and we realize we don't think he's ever taken a shower. And it has at this point been maybe six weeks. Oh, sick. Oh, my gosh. And and because of our work schedules, one of us is always home. And we were homebodies. We didn't have social lives. Exactly. Right, Right, right. So one of us is home all the time and neither of us can ever recall him ever taking a shower. And we have the olfactory evidence to back that up. So... He comes home one day from his job as a uh, driving, as a driving instructor. instructor. So these poor people were in a car with these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it was in the backyard and he walks up and he has this strange expression on his face. It's kind of wide eyed. An epiphany. <gasps> no, it wasn't. An epiphany. <laughs> no. And he walks in the house, goes upstairs and I hear the clung when the pipes go when you turn the shower on because we had crappy plumbing and I heard him take a shower and I'm like, Oh, thank God. He's finally taking a shower. This is awesome. Comes downstairs and he proceeds to tell me the story about how he was going on a driving lesson with this girl. He goes to drop her off at her house and he has to go to the bathroom really bad. So he kind of cuts the lesson a little bit short, goes and drops her off. And instead of asking to like, come inside and use their restroom or something. Oh, oh, oh no. He decides to crap himself. We're sitting right there in the car. <laughs> and then he starts the engine and drives back to our house. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's not the best part. When you asked him. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, do you have, like, stomach flu or something where you couldn't hold it or something? And he says, no, I just had a rather large lunch. Right. End of the story. I I love the fact that (laughs) a rather large lunch has become like a buzzword (laughs) now all of the internet. I then, of course, cleaned out the bathtub with an entire bottle of Clorox. Yeah. Oh Oh, my God. You know, all right. So. 
couch party. We burned the couch. No, we didn't burn the couch, but we destroyed the couch. Yes. Okay. So we've all been there. You got to poop. There might be a step beyond there where it's like, I need to poop really soon. And then there's that phase where it's like, I have to poop now. (laughs) It is happening. The only question (laughs) is what the circumstances of it are going to be. Am I cleaning your carpet or my pants? Exactly. Apparently the hallway of a game store. Somehow you managed to hit the wall. But that's what I don't get is even in those circumstances, which I've had. Okay, I'm not a big fat man by search of the imagination, but I've had diseases. I've had just whatever, a big lunch. I don't (laughs) (laughs) Rather large lunch. Yeah, sure. And Rosebud was doing me no favors. (laughs) It's not like you can distend your colon and hang it out the car window. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the cinnamon bun? It's oh, wow. But seriously, you can't. Pull over to the side of the road somewhere, find a few trees, find a gas station. I mean, there's always options. There are always options unless, yeah, you're on your way to go kill your astronaut lover or whatever, (laughs) in which case maybe there's no choice. You're you're on a mission and it's it's done. This is a one-way trip to Mars. (laughs) See, then they all descend into hygiene. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) So let me ask you guys a question as a podcast. Have you ever had an episode you couldn't dare for one reason or another. Yes. We actually had one. It's not actually really funny. It was a rehab. It was a really poignant episode where, God, I can't remember all the specifics, but I'm trying, I'm going to talk about it. And hopefully you can remember it as well. Okay. These people were Swedish. There was a young woman involved who was, uh, and, and, and she was, uh, it was a brother and sister and they decided that they were going to put their game online. Go ahead. We aired that. Yeah. We, we did. did air it. Yeah, we did. And I don't remember all the specifics, so I want you to keep me honest here. Okay. And she's, I don't remember her age, but I believe she was underage. I'm going to say 16 or 17. He was 18 or so. It's a brother and sister. Now, it's not, that's not the creepy part. They were actually really good, and they were gaming, and they wanted to, like, try this whole online gaming thing. For the they, first and they did it because she wanted to try GMing. Yes. Okay. So we're reading this letter, and we're like, oh, cool, yeah, all right, cool, try this online gaming thing, great. And it descends into so they got they got subscribers. Uh, should we mention what they were on? It was was it Dungeon World something where people had to register for the game? It was like Roll Twenty or something like that, or I don't remember what it was. It was, it was uh, <clears throat> one of the gaming things where you actually like people subscribed and they already like logged in at, right. at a certain time and this game started. So she's GMing and this is like her first time GMing and her brother is there and. These two other people show up, and so the you know she's looking at these pictures, and this guy pops up without a shirt on, and they're like, uh, "Hey, cool! Can you put your shirt on and all that stuff?" Oh, so we put your shirt on, and they start to game. We have this, and I, I can't I can't mention the episode and stuff. And to make a long story short, this person was a disruptive player, was uh, making a lot of sexual innuendos towards this young girl GM, and. Towards the end of the game, or towards the middle of the game, at a certain situation, he says, oh, yes, oh, yes, keep talking, keep talking. And that's when everybody in the game looks over and realizes. And then he stands up so they can see that he's Donald Ducking it. Right. And at that point, we realized that he was naked from day one when he started. He had put a shirt on and proceeded to spew right there in front of everybody. And this poor 
uh, th- I'm not kidding. We read this on the air, and it's in one of our letters. And so we're halfway through this letter when we realize this isn't funny. This is this is some f***ed up shit. And the game ended. The other players were also shocked. I'm they, out. You know, I'm done yeah, GMing. Don't say bye. And this poor girl who... Because yeah, he's talked about when he said that when the brother who wrote this email set this whole thing up said she spent a lot of time researching it sounded like a great adventure and she spent a lot of you know she's a very creative person can pretty much shut down at that point by some jackhole turd <laughs> who proceeded to rape her visually with right then and there in the middle of this thing it was and and we discovered it in reading that email so it's the most unsettling thing I think that we've ever had. We were expecting it was going to be a gaming nightmare, like, yeah. oh, uh, this guy was, like, really metagamey, and... Oh, no. he was a jerk, and oh, he was abusive to my we, sister, but... We had a spate of those for a while, where... Because we asked people to send in gaming horror stories. Right, yeah. And, mo- and 90% of them are about a bad GM, I would yeah. say. Yeah. But every so often, someone would send one in that's about just a terrible person. Yeah. Like, a horrible person. Like, legitimately, seriously... Up and you know sometimes they slip through our filters. Well, we don't have filters. Yeah, that's one of the problems. So anyway, this <laughs> this email got read out there, and we were like, "Wow, okay." Uh, and I have to say, it was like you know, well, I guess we're going to end the show. That was now. a that big downer for the show. Yeah, kind of. But yeah, that was one of the most powerful things. You can now go back and listen to the episodes. I wish I maybe Stu can look it up later and we'll figure out which episode it is. But you can hear the whole email being read out and our reactions to it. And just like ours, it was a lot of silence. <laughs> yeah. I, I am trying to think of what the appropriate response is to this. Yeah. And I'm the, not the, sure I have one. I mean, outside of saying, depending on where this occurred, where this person was, the Spanky, where he was located, this very well may have been a crime. Not just tasteless but to expose yourself like that to a minor, right. depending on exactly where he lives, there's a very good chance that was actually not just tasteless and evil, but that was, in fact, a criminal act. We kind of went about that, too. And I think the brother actually wrote in later saying uh, she's back to GMing and stuff, but it it was a big hit on her psyche. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hate to say this. I can't imagine I'm saying this, but suddenly the people that spear poop on the wall they're not at the bottom of the ladder you can take another step down there are rungs below yeah that's so vile even i won't make a joke that's terrible i know know. and we that's this is the rut we were in too we're like okay well thank you uh for writing in um i guess we'll end the show now and to be honest it's a fascinating story in that he's telling this years later and he's telling us about his sister and he's telling this about how this got happened. And so the, the, everybody's fine. You know, it all came out, but, and, and nobody got physically hurt, but it, it's like this guy plotted this and planned it and showed up ready for this. And uh, there's, there's even some other dialogue that I'm skipping over and stuff, because I, I, I kind of sort of misquote it and misrepresent it. But it's one of the creepiest things I think we'd ever had to read and ever I, I'd ever encountered in the gaming world. I think it's one of the creepiest things I've ever heard. Yeah, it's what a guy needs to be shot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, it's extreme. Let me correct that. It may sound extreme, but I'm with you. Put yeah, him down. guy needs yeah. to be shot. Yeah. OK, so 
So that was mine. <laughs> wow. Uh, not sure how to follow that one. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Okay. So most of the episodes we haven't aired one by one, we've tried to dig through them and we're setting them aside what we call negative episodes. And these are the episodes that are so far over the top that even with bleeping and disclaimers up front, I still feel it's, it's just way above and beyond the sort of thing we'd want to cover on this show. Yeah, I, I have to say as a, as a great source of pride for myself, I am on one of three negative episodes and an episode where you have a very, very firm disclaimer about the subject matter of the episode. Yeah, well, it's, that makes me swell with pride. And <laughs> I have a feeling Stu and I are on all of them. Yeah. And so, but you know, they get they get tucked aside as these negative episodes that we release at will, usually at some later point on the forums, or we do something special. You know, we might ransom them or whatever. And there's one or two of them that we've lost completely, and I, I will never see the light of day. Not because we're withholding them, but because I literally don't know where the audio is. The only episode we have ever had that I couldn't air for a very, very different reason was an interview. This is not nearly as shocking as what your story was. So No, 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 no. It's not. This isn't a competition. Please don't beat that story. Please, whatever you do, if it's worse. We have on someone who is fairly high placed in independent game publishing. Okay, this is the name, and I won't use the name because it's just a thing of ours is for ethical reasons. We won't blindside people like that. But this is the name that if I gave it, I believe the vast majority of people that are listening to the show right now would recognize this name. Let's call him Dirk Diggler. Sure. Dirk Diggler. It's what? better than Gary Gygax because that's what I was going to go with. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's not Gary Gygax, and he wasn't part of independent publishing anyway, at least not during the. I know. Month. That's why I was going to go with it. But anyway. Right. Okay. So this, so Dirk. Comes on the show, and, you know, we don't have a huge list of rules when we do an interview. I mean, outside of just, you know, basically just be a decent person and whatever. And yet, you still have us on. Yeah, well, I, yeah, that's right. You're not people. And so I, I don't have to <laughs> I don't have to hold you to that, that common decency standard. Touche, sir. Touche. So he comes on. But one of the rules we do have, right, is we don't deal with politics. We don't deal with religion. All right, that's we just we're not going to deal with it because I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. I have to imagine a lot of people at home are as well. And, and it you know, doesn't really make a good podcast. No, it, in my mind, it really doesn't. It just gets people wound up without changing well, it anyone's might make a good mind. It's not a good role playing podcast. No, I want people to be able to know when they turn on Fear the Boot, they may be entertained, they may not be, but if they don't like what they hear, it's still going to be geek related it's not going to be because you know we were saying this or that about the president or about god or whatever but this, okay so we have this guy on tell him that rule he's well aware of it and he launches into no less than a 15 minute spiel about politics and then, then this individual which and i suppose this shouldn't be too surprising within the gaming hobby but he was pretty far left to center in fact he was way the hell left of center this guy's way off on the left wing and he just starts launching off on George W. Bush, on healthcare issues, on this, on that, and it just would not stop. I mean, just kept going and going and going and going. And mind you, this has nothing to do with what the man does for a living or why he's on the show or anything we were talking about. I mean, this is almost like complete non sequitur. This is like Tourette's. I, I don't know what was fueling this, but he just well, goes... I can tell you, it's because you told him he couldn't do it. I guess. But he carries on about that for 15 minutes, and finally... 
and it was hard to get a word in edgewise in this guy. I mean, once he started going, he was just like a steamroller. I mean, it's very hard. The two people that were on the show were Chad and I, and it is really hard to talk over us when we want to speak. That's a true statement. And he successfully did it for 15 minutes straight. No exaggeration. Where the most we could get out were these half syllables of it. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, we at some point he pauses to inhale for what was probably like a minute and a half straight to get back all that air. <laughs> and I stopped and I'm like, insert name, uh, just so you're aware, we're an apolitically religious podcast. You know, we don't deal with those topics. So I'm going to have to drop all that. Can we please stick to gaming related subjects? So he's like, oh, okay, okay. And I don't know why his head got through the first time. He gets through to him the second time. So then from there, he proceeds to launch into this like, Five or ten minute, completely esoteric, completely egocentric, endless speech about just the most random, unrelated, meandering crap about himself. Now, it wasn't political or religious anymore, but it was just this endless stream of word salad about this individual and his life. And once again, Chad and I were trying to get this back on a gaming topic, and all we're getting is... Wow. One of my character flaws is I feel really bad when I lie. So I I didn't know what to do with this, but fortunately, Skype... I mean, it still is a pretty big piece of shit, but it was a bigger one then. And fortunately, thanks be to the failures of Skype, Skype died. The recording was gone. It was just, there was no backup of <laughs> That's it. That's your story and you're sticking to it, right? No, this is the uh, honest truth. Skype dies. Now, at this point, we've had this happen in interviews before, where we're interviewing somebody and something happens to crash the recording in an unrecoverable way. We've had it happen before. In those cases, what we do is we restart the recording or we reschedule and say, well, you know what? We've been going on for a while. You know, you probably need to get back to your family. We need to get back to ours. Let's set up a different date and time and try this again. But with him, it was like it was the way out. You know what? This happened. Thank you for your time. Don't call us. We'll call you. And <laughs> oh, it dropped in a black hole. Sorry. Unrecoverable. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Bye-bye. And there was no lie in any of it. it. That is exactly what happened. And we never aired it because, well, one, the audio was gone. I couldn't air it if I wanted to. But secondly, even if I had it, I couldn't air it because it was just, like I said, it was this guy just, I mean, in my opinion, and maybe some people disagree with me, but in my opinion, he was really just kind of embarrassing himself. And so there that way, and once again, this doesn't raise to the level of sex crimes against poor budding GMs. This isn't a game of one-upmanship. You asked what was the worst thing that happened on the podcast and i think that's the worst letter we ever had and that's obviously the worst thing that happened to you too but although yours is happy ending because you had a way out yeah you saved your lost audio right oh man i tell you in the game store you used to overhear the most bizarre things happening at games and i'm just saying things that struck me as strange i'm not passing judgment on people's games and their no. creativity, etc. No. Just no. stuff that strikes me as weird. Maybe what we call t-shirt moments. Like you hear those things that that belongs on the t-shirt. Yes. So and Lewis, Lewis Black has this whole bit about how he was in a diner and he overheard this young woman say, if it weren't for my horse, I wouldn't have spent that semester in college. Right. And he goes on this whole tear about how he drove himself mad trying to 
put that in context, right? To try to try right. craft context around it. There's a real story in literature, or I guess suppose more than drama, like that. Really? Are you familiar with the play Equus? Where like Harry Potter wait, blows wait, 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 where Harry Potter blows a horse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar. Okay, yes. There's a there's a play called Equus, and where that play came from was the playwright overheard a news broadcast about a kid who was working at an actual horse ranch and in this weird crime had gouged out the eyes of all the horses that were living there. Oh, and, oh, and this is supposed to be fun. Well, <laughs> but he had the same quandary. Right. What causes this? Now, I think in truth, this is probably a psychopathic little kid. Right. This is probably fairly straightforward. But that's where he came up with the play Equus, was trying to backward write Right. What would lead up to somebody feeling the need to gouge the eyes out of horses? Right. All right. So continue. I have my horse eye gouging moment. Right. Or or my, my if it weren't for my horse, I wouldn't have spent that semester in college moment. I'm walking back and I overhear this group of gamers who were pretty regular people at the shop. Yeah. And I hear them say, well, I hit the cleric with my baby Tarasque. <laughs> and I was like, I hit the cleric with my baby Tarasque. Okay. So the cleric's in my party, and we're having infighting, and I'm going to hit him. I, I, like, I'm so incensed, I'm going to hit him. So what am I going to hit him with? I'm going to take my baby Tarasque. Not the baby Tarasque, not a baby Tarasque, my baby Tarasque. I'm going to take my baby Tarasque out of whatever implement, bag of holding, etc. that I have it in, and I'm going to hit the party cleric. Why am I going to hit the party cleric? I literally drove myself mad like running the scenario <laughs> through my head but i didn't want to sit down at the table and go excuse me gentlemen tell me a gaming what, story <laughs> what has occurred here here's another one and then you find yourself walking down the street and you see the cast of cheers <laughs> yes they had gone through wow. a portal and they'd they'd go what was it boston is that where cheers was yes a and they walk down the street and they encounter the cast of cheers like Ted Danson and George went at all. I'm like, why are your Dungeons and Dragons characters going through a teleportation portal to Boston to meet not the characters of Cheers, but the cast of Cheers, cast. the actors right. that that's play I was gonna the ask. characters like, okay, in Cheers. All, and, Dragons, and it was the cast, <laughs> not the characters. Yeah. Those are just two examples of things that would drive you insane if you try to understand them. Were these comedy games? Oh, no, sir. No, sir. Because I, I've certainly heard things that strange and stranger, both in games I've been in and in games I've passed, mostly within the context of conventions when I'm passing a comedy game. You know, one of these really off-the-wall, over-the-top comedy games. Well, I've well, run those, yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying, and that's expected. Exactly. Brodor ran one. I played in it, I, and I've played in many others that other people run, whatever. But it takes on a very different sort of context if this was not supposed to no, no, be no. a These comedy were game. Serious narrative dramas. And they All met I can think of is that, that it was his best chance at trying to immerse somebody into the world. They met what? the cast of Cheers. Well, yeah. I, I'm not very good at acting. Uh, I'm not very good at setting a scene, so you run into the cast of Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> With that. Uh, Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story 3 <laughs> was there... With George Went, would you like to take a survey? Do you like beans? Do you like George Went? Would you like to see a movie with George Went eating beans? That was that was for our Animaniacs fans out there. Okay. Yeah. 
I miss that show. That was a great show. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. All right, so Ren Fairs. Yeah. Oh. Now I, I got a question up front before Uh-oh. we get to I, I want you to tell me a story or two here. But the question I have to ask up front, and I, I know every Ren Fair is different, every group is different. So I'm not trying to paint with too broad of a brush here, though that's exactly how this is going to come across. So let's just run with that. Let's stereotype. <laughs> I've talked okay. to some people that have been involved in Ren Ferris, the ones where, I mean, they, they like travel together, they live together, all that kind of stuff. The stories I've heard is they apparently get a bit cultish, that like they take the pecking order, and I don't mean like who's in charge, but I mean like who's the queen and king versus who's the royalty versus who's the court jester or whatever, way the hell too seriously up to and including things like being expected to share swap spouses and, I mean, really, really messed up stuff about how these things become these, like, cults absolutely detached from reality. And these are not rumors. These are things that I have heard straight from the lips of people who lived and worked at these conventions or whatever you want to call a run fair before finally having enough and walking away because they realized how insane it was. Have you guys experienced that, or is that just whatever group this was? Before we get too deep in this, let me ask you this one little question here, just to clarify this. Were these people that you're talking about, were they part of the Society of Creative Anachronism? I don't recall, but I don't believe so. If they were, it was an addition to the Ren Fair. The Ren Fair was okay. not specifically an SCA event. To the extent that you're describing, I think I will speak for both of us and say it does not go that far. I've never seen anything go that far. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. But you've seen something yeah. I can tell by the tone of your voice. Here, yeah, well, I hear, here, here's the but. <laughs> there is something titillating here. I can smell it. Our, our Renaissance Fair is, what, 54 years it, old this year? It's the original Renaissance Fair. 55 years old. It's yeah, been around it's since the 60s. Time. Yeah. We have had five queens cast. In our recent memory. Yeah. yeah. Because our fair depicts Elizabethan England. So we have someone who is cast as Queen Elizabeth. And there is sort of a celebrity, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. For the the woman who is cast as Queen Elizabeth. And there is her court, which is made up of a a guild of people who spend an enormous amount of time on their costumes, more so than... And researching their characters, too. Yes. And I think almost all of them play actual historical characters. And during the course of fair, if you are not of that social standing, you are expected to reverence and all of that kind of stuff. When they pass by. And, you know, and bow and scrape and everything. Right. Now, of is, course, this, they, is this only when the show is on, or does this include when people are gone and the lights well, are off? That's the thing. I mean, after you spend 12 hours a day <clears throat> reverencing to these people dressed in these costumes, sometimes you run them into the backstage, and I think a lot of people forget or don't know or don't care that that person isn't actually that person. I think it's out of habit. But let's say, let's say you don't do it. Let's say Queen Elizabeth walks by once again, after hours, nobody's there. Queen Elizabeth walks by the actress walks by and you do nothing. I mean, you're not mean to her, but you just carry on with whatever you were doing and pay her no heed. Does anything happen? No. Okay. That's a whole lot more sane than the stories I was being told. So continue. I, I do remember. See, the thing is that we've had several Queens. Okay. And it's, it's a role that's cast. And then usually once they get someone who's good, they keep them for a long time. But I remember, I mean, there is this sort of, oh, I don't know what you would call it, like uh, 
a sort of sentimentality to the person who was playing queen when you started fair, Athene. Sure. In our case, which was sure. the woman who was cast when we first started fair. Sure. And, and I mean, if I were to see her in a costume, I would get misty. Yeah. I would. It would be like, because when you first start working there, it really kind of takes you away to a certain extent. And uh, until you, once, I mean, now we've been doing it for like 25 years or so. Like 25 years? Yeah. It's it, been yeah. more than that. Yeah. And, and, and we're a little jaded at this point. We've seen all of the cast come and go, right? A lot of large fairs have a nightlife. We're not allowed to. Anymore. We don't have one anymore because we don't, our site is on land where they, you could say they don't it's have it. federal land. They have, they have a few people there for security, but it's not like the old days where we used to have this giant, huge yeah, the big campsite where yeah. all of the cast would spend the night you know, between Saturday and Sunday. And I remember once I was wandering around, and this is years ago. This is probably my first or second fair. Mm-hmm. So this would have been in 93, was. And I was wandering around, and I had just finished drinking a not insignificant amount of tequila. Okay. And I'm, I got lost. So I was walking around the fair site and it's a big fair. I mean, there's, and it's dark. There's no lights. There's pro at the time there was probably 5,000 people working it. Yeah. It cast and marketplace. And there's a lake in the middle of it. So right. it, it was, so it's all these windy paths and I'm wandering around and I'm a little schnockered a lot and I don't know where I am. I know I'm on the fair site cause I can see all the burlap everywhere and all the weird stuff, but I don't know where in the fair I am cause it's, it's black and I'm wandering around and I stumble upon the woman who's playing the queen Aww. and she's like, Stu, like, yeah, you're not sober. Are you I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> where are you going? Cause I'm like walking in the middle and it's like pitch black and there's no one around in the part of the fair I'm in. And she's like, where are you going? I'm like, I, I, I'm lost. <laughs> you admitted it to <laughs> yes, I did. So, and she's like, well, Willow stage is that way. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, thank you. And <laughs> there you can get your bear. Then, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I have but to I was embarrassed. To sort of that. clarify this, too, there are actually, like, sort of levels of fair. It may even be kind of a cast society. There are people in stage shows, like Stu and I, so we're kind of above or uh, removed, mm, maybe? Maybe. Removed from <laughs> many of the stuff. There are the people that run booths who need to sell Damascan blades to people and then they move on. That, that's like, you know, if you're making Damascan steel daggers, there's really only a small uh, I don't know, demographic of people you can sell them to. So right. rent fairs are your bread and butter. You really want to sell your blades. So there's those guys and then they, they don't necessarily, they're, they're, they're like their own thing too. Right. Then there's the other stage shows that are sort of like the, I don't know. Circuit acts. Circuit acts, yeah. yes. That's better than gypsies. Uh, and, <laughs> it's also nice, and the, and the person that I talked to who was describing this to me, this was an ongoing sort of. This was not like uh, we do it on the weekends and then go home. This was the sort of thing where they traveled around and apparently did this for long periods of time. And and right, okay, yeah, yeah. Th- there's a segment of the fair community that uh, are made up not just stage shows. There are stage shows that travel from fair to fair. And that's what they do for a living. Right. There are also booths that travel from fair to fair. Right. And that's how that those Again, people make, if you make Damascus steel blades, you're right. This is a place to sell. But you know, if, if you're kind of an old school magician, juggler, fire eater, that kind of thing, this is the kind of thing that you would make a living at. Right. So that's like another level of people. And then there's the people that are sort of employed by fair that play the theme characters, the queen, the king, the court stuff. 
And then there's another level of all the people that couldn't make it into the as a queen, couldn't, they're not working booths or whatever, and they play sort of the atmosphere. So we're talking literally like, I guess, 15th century, 16th century England, where there's this caste society where people are all, all this strata. And I think your story speaks to these levels of people that work fair. Does that does that ring true? I, I don't know. Like I said, I <laughs> so I've been to a Ren Fair. I've been to I don't know, maybe two total in my are, life. Are you kidding? This is my next fiasco playset. <laughs> is actors in Ren Fair, right? <laughs> like that's the next con game I want to run. It's an Agatha Christie style murder mystery fiasco. As run fair participants, as people, as actors, as merchants, as the juggler magician guy. Oh, I totally want to play this game. Before you do, I have to say that there was an episode of House and uh, the guy that played House. Uh, quick, what's his name? Hugh Laurie. Hugh, Hugh Laurie is yeah. actually a, a big fan of the Renaissance. He, you know, he's in Black Adder. He, yeah. he uh, and I have inside knowledge of this because I know people that worked on it, uh, really wanted to do a show at the Ren Fair. He really wanted a Renaissance. He wanted to wear that costume. So they ended up with this sort of murder mystery that happened at the Renaissance Fair involving an alchemist giving out herbs, and it was a bad combination of herbs, and somebody died, and House was brought in to find out what happened. So it has done, it has happened, so know that before you get sued by the people. That so they actually out. brought him in, oh, in my, character yeah. as House? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> my my. my little fiasco is not going to get sued by anybody except for the people <laughs> except for the poor fuckers that have to play it <laughs> <laughs> to be fair like i said i've only been to a very small number of run fairs myself and i had a fine time i mean nothing went wrong i had no problems whatever a couple years back and i don't even remember the details at this point i encountered someone who had spent a fair amount of time traveling with one of these you know ongoing acts Renfair swing or sex cult? That's gold. Oh, yeah. It's the cult part. I mean, the stuff that he was telling me, I had, on the one hand, some trouble believing it. But as someone who's got a decent amount of education in psychology and sociology and knows at least a bit about cults and cult behavior, it fit perfectly. It's the sort of thing that if he was just making up, he got really lucky in hitting all the points of how a cult actually works, of the way that they program people and the way that they operate and the way that they self-police and all that. I mean, he got very lucky if he was lying. I don't think he was lying because it, while his story was repulsive, there was nothing about it that seemed implausibly far-fetched. Let me reframe that a bit. What if this person was considered maybe a groupie and was following a band around? Would the experiences of a groupie hanging out with a band following them around be similar to the way it was following a Renfair around? Uh, no, because he was participating in the Renfair. He was an actor of some kind. Oh, all right. He, he, he wasn't just a groupie. He was an actor. But like I said, this particular Renfair, I want to it's been years. I didn't write this down. I just, I made mental notes of the horrifying parts and went on with it. But he was an actor who traveled with that fair. He was a part of its staff. He was not just like some random guy. Now, what I would say, I think, to be completely fair here, is if you told me stories about what one band did on tour, I would not presuppose that describes what every band does on tour. I don't presuppose that every subset of fans out there are automatically juggalos, just because <laughs> juggalos are juggalos. <laughs> and so... 
I, you know, I, I can I can see that this these people. Let's say the stories are completely true. I can still see these people are psycho because these people are psycho. That doesn't mean Renfairs are all psycho cults. You know, well, I, no, I, but but there is a carny element involved with the traveling fair. But there are groupies for the Renfair. Yes. That's amazing. Seriously, no, please indulge me. Tell me about these Renfair groupies. Okay, Stork has groupies because Stork is tall and has this long, gorgeous, lush brown hair. And a big nose (laughs) and a married and have no life. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I saw the picture on your website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read about you being old and having a big nose. That's right. (laughs) That's how I see it. But no, there are there are genuinely people that come out to Renfair. Actually, there's even <laughs> there's even gaming groupies. But we'd go not go into that either. <laughs> there are groupies for everything you can do. But there are people that come out to the Renfair who come out to see shows. that come out and see these things, and they see character, the illusion that you're playing, and they get caught up in it. Uh, maybe they're recovering LARPers. I I don't know. <laughs> well, now that I'm single, send them my way. Oh, all right. Because I don't. I've never. I've never had Yeah, because because Stu's down. He's a single man. He's got enough money for for moves over my hammy. Wrote by somebody once, twice, a couple times. I I have been a proposition a few times over the years, but that's always been when I've been married, right? And I had couldn't do anything. But that's that's why they propositioned you. Right, just they, wearing a ring again. <laughs> yeah. Right, because you had your bona fides, right? Like you, someone had vouched for you. Yeah. Right, but yeah, now that and you're And there was that man, element of, of yeah. conquest. You don't have yeah, yeah, exactly. You need to put the wedding ring back on, even though you're not married. So that way, you're not actually doing yes. anything immoral, but you still have that, that sort of appeal. That's why my wife understands that when she leaves me, I get half, and that money will be spent on professionals. <laughs> <laughs> But if you put that ring on, you're, you're going to attract the most broken toys. Oh, well, no met. kidding! Just oh, yeah, to see yeah, it, if you're if you're prepared to like you know deal with a lot of broken people, it just it, finally the burn scars are starting to heal. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, well, just- and if you're going for the most broken toys, new burn scars are going to develop, <laughs> right? <laughs> and thus we've looped right back to around STDs and gaming. Hey, <laughs> we've just like met, but I encourage this behavior. All righty, I. Think for the sake of all involved, that's where we're going to wrap up this one. <laughs> Stu and Stork, I want to thank you guys for joining us. It was great having you on. It was a blast. Thank you guys for letting us come on. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, and once again, happyjacks.org. Check out their show there and their other silliness. And I will put a link both to their general show feed and then also to the specific episode we were on if you just want to hear what it's like when our worlds collide on the other end. As for the rest of you guys, thank you for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. Bye.